What's going on, everybody? Welcome back again to another episode of the Dogs Basketball Podcast. Here we are again on a Tuesday, about a week after our previous one, and we knew there would be some more stuff going on, who we're in on, who we could land, all different kinds of stuff. We'll jump into a lot of stuff, and we have a recent commitment. We will jump into that immediately, plus some other stuff around what Valley teams are doing as well, kind of a hopefully, we say this every time, a smaller pod than what it had been, we will jump into it all. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. Noah, the first domino, <clears throat> addition-wise, landed to us last night around close to 6.30, 7 o'clock, and uh, we'll get into him. He seems like a quality ad to add for next season and beyond. Yeah, he's, uh, he's the type of, I'd say, point guard that fits the mold that we've been looking for. Um, He's not he's not our top choice. I know a lot of people were high or high regard of Brian Moore, but he's picking up bigger and bigger offers each and every day we go by now. But with West Virginia and just today got South Carolina. But yeah, Xavier Johnson, um, a six one guard, a six one, six two, you see it fluctuate through different sites. Um, two years of eligibility, uh, originally from Germantown, Maryland. Uh, last year for George Mason in the A-10, he averaged 7.7 points a game, 4.6 assists, and four rebounds. He shot 39% from the floor. Um, from three-point land, he shot 34%. Doesn't shot, shoot a lot of threes, um, but is a capable knockdown shooter from there if he's open. Um, really good. I think this is – if I were to grade it, I was ta talking to you today, I'd, I'd give it a good B-. minus. Uh, it's not a – like you use, uh, it's not a home run, a home run get, um, but I told you last night it's a nice, solid double in the gap. I'd say. Yeah, it, it's a get nonetheless. I think you know when we saw it originally. You're right; he wasn't one of our first options, but he was on our thread. I'm sure everybody saw our thread that we posted late last week uh, about everybody we we have been in on. He was one of them. And yeah, we, we've been talking constantly about which ones, you know, us specifically would have eyes on more. And he didn't really, he wasn't one that stuck out, even though, you know, he comes from George Mason, which at the time, whenever we're making him and talk about him in the past that, you know, that's a quality school. And you're right. You read off his stats there and going back to when he first, well, when he first committed, I, he was, Six one six two, and I was like, that's almost the size that we don't need, but it would only be in, in the sense of if he was a shooting guard because he can handle the ball, which is the whole thing that, you know, drives this to being a quality move, a point guard, which what we've been, you know, wanting and wanting to add in general that it's perfect. And he did lead George Mason in assists, yeah, with almost five. And we ran through his, uh, uh, you know, his highlight tape. He, yeah, he makes deep threes. He he makes the right pass and great moments to set his teammates up. He And he's a quality veteran with those extra two years to add. Uh, and when we said before how it was last year with Cash, and he we talked about in the last one that he came in May, and it kind of came out of left field. We know when Cash was also on our thread last year, and he wasn't one that we, you know, were honing in on ourselves, and it, and it just happened. And it's like, well, here it is. Here's one of those guys. And then, you know, over the course of time, we live with it. And it's just, you know, one of those type of options. And it, it is a guy that we need because he can handle the ball. He can shoot. He can get after guys. Yeah, he can steal. He can pass. And he can rebound for his size at that. No, I'd say he was one of the most important players in the George Mason team. Just looking at the roster, uh, this Devontae Gaines, who we remember we were in on last year from Tennessee, he led them. He's six seven. He led them in rebounds. They had a quality team. They have a dude average 18 a game. Uh do you know how far? I mean, they're in the loaded A10, which is where we know Loyola's headed. Uh, they play, yeah, yeah, seven and nine, fourteen and sixteen. Uh, I don't remember what they would have done in their conference tournament, maybe. But, and we were questioning, honestly, you know why he would leave. We know, you know, their quality program. What's his name's the head coach, and we're like, why would he enter the portal? Knew there were maybe greener pastures, and he maybe he's found a spot, Noah, but. George Mason, he, he was pretty good for them. And do you know what they did this past season? Yeah, um, I do know they finished the year above us in Kim Palm. I know we talked about we finished in the 121. Um, I do know they, yeah. started, they started off the year when they uh, 
they went to Maryland when Maryland was a top 25 team. They knocked them off. Um, I think they're about, I finished, they finished, well, you said 14 and 16, but um, yeah, they had an up and down year, but they started the year off quite well. And yeah, like you said, we were in on Devonte Gaines, but uh, yeah, I, I, it's kind of weird seeing him leave. I know uh, Kim English has had got that program going, going in the right direction. Um, thought he would be interested in going back to his alma mater in Mizzou and coaching there since they had a coaching change, but um, yeah, he started 23 games for them was really well, um, over steal a game. So, uh, he's a capable defender at that point guard spot is probably where he was going to play for us. Um, yeah, this is, this is, like I said, when I, um, started from the get go, this is the mold of the kind of point guard we've needed. Um, so Lance can play that two spot where, where he needs to be. And uh, just take pressure off him, having two guys out there. And even if two guys that are main ball handlers, but also Marcus can bring it up. And if Steven's out there, we have multiple guys that can bring it up. But having two point guards, um, if you watch his tape, um, he can get to the rim like Lance can. He play, plays downhill, but he's capable of knocking it down too. Yeah, and it's having a guy literally Lance's size could wreak havoc on other guards that kind of have the same skill set, and they can, yeah, you're right. Everyone on our team can handle the ball. And that's where I said, uh, you know, adding a point guard would be very ideal. And we'll get to other news of someone we thought was leaving here shortly. Uh, but just the fact that, you know, we know Lance, Lance doesn't turn it over when he's dribbling up the floor. And I don't know how, like, we know, just thinking about Dalton's turnovers he had in the tournament were like, dribbling up halfway and then making a poor mistake. And Lance's mistakes either are his own turnovers. It's not really him passing to somebody. Maybe he'll throw it out of bounds. But, yeah, somebody in it. And we see presses, but not, like, full-on pressure to where you would turn it over, dribbling it up the floor. And none of these guys would have issues with that. And even Lance bringing it up because we're confident in him taking care of it in that, in that respect that as soon as he passes it up when he gets to half court, he'd almost be – if we get in the flow of the offense, it's almost playing off the ball anyway. So – uh, yeah, giving it to Xavier to man, you know, that to keep Lance off the ball and just have a maybe more of a flow. We know the whole offense of all around Marcus could happen again, barring any other moves in particular. But yeah, he I feel like he would fit in the flow of it and fit right next to Lance just fine. Like I said, kind of the same skill set. They can get after it on defense. We know Lance, you know, probably got second or third in defensive player of the year in the Valley and if he can continue that and everything. So I think it is a perfect fit against one another. Going back to Xavier, though, he we talked about this earlier, the stretch that he had um, about early February on, there was a six-game stretch where he had 16, 13, 17, 11, 13, and 19, uh, which is a good stretch. There was some Richmond games in there, which you know Richmond made the tournaments. Uh, he played good against them. Even a slew game, he had seven, had five turnovers, but uh, – three steals in that game. So it was at a quality conference. He's been playing in and played well, the shooting percentage. And that's interesting. You, you ran through his, some of his stats, 39% from the field. I mean, that's kind of what I guess Lance shot. And we, we consider that a, uh, a lowly year for Lance in that respect, but Xavier seemed like he was on a team with other alphas and Lance was one of our main ones. So we can, you know, uh, accept it more from Lance because he had to do more, but uh, I'm sure he'll shoot just fine when he gets there. Yeah, the fact that he can do everything is exactly what we need for sure. And playing in those games, yeah, he uh, his freshman year he played in almost every game. Last year he might have been dealing with something, and then this year, very quality for sure. And uh, Noah, that would let's jump real fast because of him being maybe or he there's no maybe he will be our starting point guard. That let's talk about the other guy behind him because we've been talking lately about who could be leaving. And we were honestly waiting for a decision from Dalton Banks potentially because he wasn't in that post we remember talking about. Uh, but then he was in another post that they posted, what, the day after our pod, just because we had a feel maybe they're going to post something else and we know the team was working out. No, Dalton was in that, in those posts working out. So that gave away the fact that he is back. We actually just saw him at Texas Roadhouse here in Marion the other night. So that could, it confirms that he's staying. So, Noah, that means obviously he'd be the backup point guard, which is exactly what we need him to be. It's a good sign Dalton's back. Yeah, definitely. He's that 
he's a he's a capable point guard off the bench. Uh, we didn't know exactly if uh, those two not being in the first practice of the year, um, they're the same age. Maybe they had the same class and had to miss practice, or uh, maybe Dalton had a conversation and he's changed his mind and he wants to stay and he's still he's still bought in. But yeah, obviously with another point guard coming in, that's probably going to start um, unless Dalton uh, takes that next step, which he could. Um, he's got the skill set. He just has to work on uh, his, his shooting um, because teams left him open a lot and shot, he shot like 20% from three this year on wide open threes. And uh, um, if he takes that next step, he could, I mean, he could challenge for that spot. Maybe that's what he wants. He wants a challenge. Um, competition is always best for the team, but yeah, he's, he's a great six or seven guy off the bench for us. Uh, he can come in um, to give Lance or X or Xavier a chance uh, to get a break because uh, we're going to be a deep team. If we keep adding, we know we have one more roster spot, but yeah, it's good to see Dalton is still, still here bought in so far. Um, obviously things can change quickly, but, uh, yeah, it's good to see him back and back with the team. Yeah, I think that's where it would fall is depending upon – because we know we like to play our main guys a lot depending upon stuff. Uh, and, and that's where it falls into, you know, X is coming here to start. He's going to play a lot of minutes, you know, per se, that, you know, Dalton would – and you could play them together. I mean, that's that's not saying Xavier can I – mean, all, all guards really can move to either guard position. So they could play it at both times or they sub in and out for one. And Dalton's minutes will go down and his production probably. So that's where we're thinking if he kind of is getting replaced, which he is, that's why it would, it would question why he wouldn't leave. And, but we are, we talked about it before when we didn't know it's like, well, we would like Dalton to stay for that reason. Cause we knew we were going to get a point guard. Dalton would be, yes, the, the perfect backup. And because he's been here, obviously, you know, he's been a couple of years in the program. It would be nice to keep guys who are more familiar with everything. But if we were going to recruit higher, recruit over guys, that's what we would want to do. So, yeah, and we thought him and uh, Kyler would be a package deal because we know they came in. We were talking about this earlier. The 2020 class is slowly going away. We know Eric left after last year and then Kyler, who we'll get to in a second. And then Dalton's still here, even though that seemed up in the air. Uh, but we know Dalton. Uh, Kyler and Dalton were good friends. Maybe they not a package deal going to the same school, but like just leaving together and knowing they were kind of getting phased out as we've been talking about. So, uh, yeah, great, great ad for Xavier and a really good backup at this moment. Yeah, we don't know how it, things could play out. We just know if the team's posting about him and we keep seeing him around the area just in general that he is going to stay, which, like we said, is a good thing. So, uh, welcome, Xavier. We'll, we'll talk more about him maybe along this pod and obviously moving forward in this new edition. So more, unless you had something else, oh, isn't there something you mentioned about when people were ranking uh, like star-wise maybe certain recruits or certain transfers and where he landed in that? Uh, yes, I believe uh, that website that we were talking, we talked about the uh, the that top – in the country lineups and they rank use a bunch of analytics um, that they had Xavier as a four-star transfer. Um, so uh, I think that's uh, what they had him as. So uh, it's a pretty good get, I'd say. Um, interesting to add. I mean, obviously we, there was rumors that Tyrone Perry was coming in to visit and we thought it was going to be down to us in another school. We thought, we were getting him, um, but uh, that wasn't the case. But, yeah, it's a solid ad here, um, getting X. Um, he's been active on Twitter. He's thanking a lot of Saluki fans for welcoming him into the program. Um, yeah, that's a good get. Yeah, and the post he made, he did look good in his jersey. And that was a cool edit. He tagged Brian and Brendan. Uh, so, yes, really good ad. You mentioned Tyrone. Yes, I think that. Unfortunately, I, I mean, I'd say hopefully not. Could be still on the table. I mean, if we add two of the same kind of guards, that wouldn't be ideal, obviously. And we're glad we landed X over Tyrone, potentially. Uh, yeah, we do have that one spot, even though we're kind of suspicious and thinking that maybe there could be another spot, depending upon how the status of Ben Harvey, who we've talked about multiple, multiple times. 
and how it could play out. It's just we know we're, we'll add one more person. If we add another, that's when we know something's up. So that, that's a wait and see. But, yes, uh, four-star transfer is big time. I think because he's been around and he's, he's been on – I mean, George Mason, we know we know their past and what they've done, but just where they stand now, they're, they're a quality program. And it said that they lost in the first round of the tournament to Fordham. So that's where their season ended. Yeah, great ads. And we talked about Dalton right there, thinking he's staying. No, let's get to the one who did leave about two weeks ago or so, which seems crazy. It might have just been one week ago. Noah Kyler, we know we entered the portal. We didn't know, and there, and there was a list of teams that were in on Did we talk about that last time? Was that right away, or was that after the pod? Uh, I believe we discussed it. Yeah, because we talked about it, and I said, uh, assumed he would end up back at, like, North Dakota, back back closer to home Canada. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, he ended up at, uh, ended up at Wofford, um, which that's, uh, been a really good program. Um, we know their old coach is now at Virginia tech. He's been there a couple of years, but still a steady program. I know we were in a couple on a, in on a couple guards from there, but yeah, it's a solid program. Um, I think it's a perfect fit for a guy like Kyler, um, it's more of a – it'd give him more of a chance to uh, have some good success. Uh, not not necessarily a, a step down in competition big time, but a slight step down. Um, there's less length in athleticism in that conference, so um, it gives him a chance to have some big-time success down there. Yeah, it is a perfect – place mid-major wise for sure Walford has had success in general I'm looking at their roster and this could be with I don't know if they've had guys leave I'm sure because everybody every team has it seems like they have a lot of size on this team you know a lot of six 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 seven six a lot of his size there's a seven one kid on the or a guy on this team he was a senior he might be gone now but there's some size and he could play well there yeah in the southern conference uh you mentioned their coach great coach Virginia Tech yeah and they've had tournament success. Yeah, they're in there with Chattanooga, who almost beat Illinois in the tournament. We know Furman, Samford, uh, and all those schools, Mercer and East Tennessee State. So it Citadel, it, it's a nice, it's a nice conference. It is. It seems like a perfect place for Tyler. Uh just in general, because yeah, we were thinking the North Dakota, we know Edwardsville was in on them. We mentioned all those other schools and the teams that were still in on them after the fact. And he couldn't have gone to a more perfect mid-major, it seems like, with their history and what they could build. So we obviously wish luck to Kyler. Every time players leave or anything, we like to keep up with, you know, what they do after the fact. Either recruits we lose out on, we like to go back and see that, or guys that leave us to go somewhere else, like to see how they end up. So we'll be keeping an eye out for Kyler's career with three years of eligibility. So he'll have a long future ahead of him still in college. So uh, that's everything recent for us you know, in terms of the team within right now. But, no, we know ever since we were on the last pod, there's always going to be new interests. Let's dive into all of these. We talked about how we meant we did the thread, and that had all the most recent ones. I don't think we've had any other recent – like, other ones recently. I think and nothing's truly happened that we've seen anybody tweet about since, you know, before or around the time we posted the thread, Noah. So let's jump into something that we haven't talked about yet. And let's start out with the one who we're looking to hopefully add here this month, a familiar face and one Chris Payton. We know he committed to us years ago at, or, you know, to Barry and his staff. We remember after one of his basketball games, he put on the SIU jersey and committed on that spot. It was a great moment. We know he's a great, he was a great prospect. Well, he was committed to Illinois State, didn't, came to us. He's had the whole rigmarole of a career we'll jump into as well. Uh, but, no, it, it's nice to see us back in on Chris because we know he was just at Pittsburgh, and he's every bit of a physical freak. We've known that since he was a freshman. Just think how he is two years later. Uh, now, let's dive into Chris again to, to refresh some people's memories on him. Lazy. He seems like a matchup nightmare, one we almost need to add. Yeah, definitely. Um, he's focused um, his recruiting in on uh, Toledo and UTEP along with us. Uh, so, like a final three, you could say, um, barely played at Pittsburgh. Um, they they are an ACC team, um, so that shows you the talent was there, but just didn't get a chance to get on the floor there. Um, but his, his last season at Indian Hills, he averaged 12.5 points, 10 rebounds, 
Um, he's six seven, has the length, has the athleticism. I, I mean, this is the perfect, perfect three four, whichever you want to do it. If you want to, whatever you want to play him at, um, that we've been looking for. Um, not a great three point shooter. He's more of a mid range guy, um, but would be definitely someone you want to add uh, to this team. I mean. We were bummed when he decided not to come here in the first place. Uh, he decommitted, but yeah, this would be a perfect ad. This is one we want. Um, a lot of if you if you're following along our thread, uh, we're starting to see, or we're starting to quote some that are committing elsewhere. Um, hopefully, I mean this is this is the wing we need. This is the forward we need. I know there's interest in a big man, uh, but. We had a lot of guards on our thread since we already landed one. I'd say you could probably already mark all of them off our list. Yeah, for sure. Because as those, like Brian Moore and DeMarco Minor, as those accolades for them and being named player of the year, you know, respectively, respectively for both has come out, they've got another offer. So, yeah, I think, especially with adding X with only little spots left, I would say that those are out the window. But yeah, back to Chris. I mean, We've talked about why he didn't come. We know that season. That was before, you know, that was whenever, I mean, sheesh, we were trying to convince Lance to stay with the new era, and then we landed Marcus. So it was really before all that was maybe confirmed. I don't remember the – I mean, that was three years ago. But uh, knowing that he could have come in and – I mean, because we saw him at the Highland Tournament. We saw him with our own eyes. And it was like, this kid can be very special. And he could have – we could have built – like – before we added Marcus and Lance, it was like we could, you know, build around this kid because he's just every bit of a matchup nightmare. And, you know, that's someone that I think we definitely should have been added. You mentioned three-point shooting, and we know we got good three-point shooters on our team that if he could hit one now, and then he shot 100% this past year, but only on however many attempts, not sure yet. But uh, just the fact that he he is in that matchup. We talked about, like, how Drake added a Tank Hemphill or all these other – the guys at that size that can do so much, you mentioned rebound and just be gritty, go get rebounds, dunk everything. And that's exactly what Chris does. That it's those kind of players that give other coaches and teams nightmares with how to prepare for them. Like every, we knew about tank and it, he was a scorer his first year and almost, and he scored, you know, as time went on when he was healthy in this past season, but he was just a menace on the boards and the passing lanes, everything uses strength and size. And that changes games, obviously. He changed the game and the Drake game against us when we had the lead and everything. So adding a guy like this is pivotal for other kind of wings that you need to guard. And whether whether he ends up being a really good defender, he's got the size to, and some of, some of his tape displays that he's a really good defender. But just giving other, other schools nightmares on how to prepare for him and who to guard him and if you add him with the other guys we have that we can just be a full team that teams have to worry about. And you mentioned the three or the four. Yeah, for sure. Either that's Marcus at the four, Chris at the three or vice versa. Chris is just going to be in like the short corner, catching, catching passes, catching lobs, dunking or finishing on the rim. Noah, this is the epitome of the perfect ad we need. You mentioned the three schools there. There's no reason why we shouldn't go at him because we're familiar with him and he's familiar with the school and then you got UTEP and Kent State. Those are nice programs, 100%. But for the fact of, you know, it's not like bigger. If it was bigger schools, which we know we can never count ourselves out of bigger schools and on players uh, either. But the fact that it is those schools, that we have no reason to not go get them. And, yeah, that tweet said that he's met with all head coaches, right? So uh, hopefully we were able to sell them, you know, sell them the right way. And then the fact that this month here now we're going to be getting – a decision by him who know that could come out of the blue. Someone could tweet that it could come at a certain time in a day, or it could come out of the blue. Noah, like Xavier's was. And what are your final thoughts on Chris? You kind of said it there, but I think because especially if he goes to Pittsburgh and we know the coach that was there was under coach K, like he knew a lot, maybe he could, and he didn't play, but maybe when he was in practices, he got to learn a lot, ACC ball. I think that could help him as well. Noah, because we know the reason why he didn't come was personal reasons, right? That, he might be dealing with his own demons per se. We've been talking about maybe that maybe that's in his past, maybe not, but right. Cause it was some with personal reasons why he didn't come in the first place. Yeah, it was definitely, it was definitely a lot of people say he's a, he's a, 
he's got his own head head issues. He's um, a lot of personal stuff. But we know he left it in the middle of his senior season. He just left left school, just like left the team, didn't play, uh, didn't finish the season. It was like getting ready to finish his senior year. Um, then obviously we had our coaching change. He decommits. He ends up at a JUCO. I mean, if he has his head on straight, obviously meeting with Brian, I mean, they're just not going to – I mean, obviously you can take a risk on a kid like this coming from Pitt, but obviously if he has his head on straight, this is a big-time get. This should be top of the line. I know there's Trey James that's supposed to be visiting. Um, I would – I'm going to – I, I'd say it's going to end up either our spot, final spot will be Chris Payton or 6'9 big man Trey James. But it top of the list has to be Chris Payton. This is a guy that can impact this team to take it, take us where we want to be and uh, competing for a Valley championship this year. Exactly. And I, I just think it's cool that we're back in on him. We saw him in the portal. I remember I said recently just randomly going through our following and followers on our Twitter account, seeing him on there that we were following. And it's just it's just cool that it's coming back full circle. And I do hope we land him. Yeah, he played in, uh, I think it's at 13 games. And he got in against Duke, actually, their last regular se- or uh, March 1st. Only played two minutes, played garbage time, had an assist. I mean, here and there, he only had, the most he had in the game was three points. I mean, only average 0.8, but just the fact that he had that experience, you know, at Syracuse and going to those places. Like, if he comes to the mid-major, back to mid-major, and even, yes, Indian Hills helped him, and he was good enough in the eyes of the Pittsburgh staff to go there. It's not a quality program, but just in general of where it's at, that he did good enough in Indian Hills to warrant going there. So just because he, he's been through a lot personally and in his sport now at the, at the college level, that he's seen a lot of stuff to be able to come here and be worthwhile. It'd be perfect for sure. So we'll be keeping an eye out for Chris this month and his decision only down to three schools. And we haven't had much luck recently in terms of being down to a person's list and having it be in our favor, you know, Tyler Perry, who's a, we talked about him, a great player for North Texas. Now he's a winner. And then you got NJ Benson, of course. So hopefully we can, hopefully we can land this one. And out of the three teams, we like our chances. So Wait and see on that. No, let's dive into some other ones. Just keep rattling off uh, the ones that we haven't talked about yet. Yeah, um, if you if you checked out our thread, there's a lot of guys on there. Um, like I said, there's a lot of guards who are probably um, with they with they commit. But uh, he was supposed to be visiting last week when we last Thursday was Devonte Hall. We talked about him a little. Obviously, we talked about Brian Moore. I'll just rattle off here. DeMarco Biner, we talked about Jordan Mitchell, uh, Quincy Anderson, we've mentioned Owen White, um, Tevin Brewer, who you and I both liked, uh, the little guard out of Florida International that could score. Yeah, I was watching. I was watching his tape nonstop yesterday. I liked his game, but um, oh well. We'll say oh. Ryan Larson from Wofford. We were in on. He committed to uh, College of Charleston today. Um, obviously, we know about Tyrone Perry, Jalen Hawkins. Uh, Jacoby Wood cut his list, and there's some other guys, some other guards that we are out on. But, yeah, guys like Taylor, Taylor Cooper from Moorhead, he's going to go bigger bigger than us. But there's some other wings out there that uh, – just some other wing options other than Chris Payton. Uh, we've talked about Caleb Fuller, um, who has a decent game, uh, Nick Ferriani, uh, Javon Hadley, also from Indian Hills Juco. Um, Bradley, Missouri State, also in on him. Gus Okafor, uh, Julian Lewis, um, some other options, but Trey James or Chris Payton is both at the top of our list. Uh, not sure if I'd add another big man. Um, I'd like to have a wing to go along with uh, Xavier Johnson. Yeah, wing is what we need. Like we said, it matters around the Valley and conference or college basketball. You need elite wings. And like I said, Chris being a match, and I'm all these guys. And you mentioned, yeah, uh, Caleb Fuller is a good – it needs to be that. I would think that – I mean, they added a point guard here and a guard, which is what we needed. I think they know what we know in terms of what we need to add. You're right. Trey James would be one of those top two in terms of, like, legit happening. We mentioned the teams that, yeah, USI and who who did you say? For who? For uh, Trey James. Trey James, yeah. Yeah, 
uh, UT Chattanooga, who just landed a big man, so I'd say they are out on him. So it'd be interesting. So if it just came down to us and USI, I'd say we would land him. Yeah. Unless he just wants to uh, – they're a new D1 program. I know they landed Trevor Lakes, who were from Nebraska, who we were in on a couple of years ago. Less playing time. I know they have two guys leaving their program coming uh, to a local Juco and Johnny Logan. So uh, playing time is there if he wants to do that. Uh, former four-star, there's the talents there, but uh, just didn't see the floor at Iona. Um, former Wake Forest commit. I mean, Iowa was in on him. So um, wouldn't be a bad get, but I would I would hate to see um, that probably would lead to Kate Hornecker uh, redshirting, which obviously physically and a, a year to get his body right to be a high-impact player for this team. But you and I both agree he can make an impact right away as a freshman. Yeah, because he can shot block and hit the mid-range. It would depend how his workouts when he would get here would go. I remember – we remember Brendan talking about him when we landed him or – a week or so after he talked to Mike and said that he will have to improve his strength. And that was before even his season started. So, I mean, I think over time he can get bigger. And we know when these guys come into our weight room, they get way bigger. And I think they can help him. But I, I can see him sitting. I'm about 50-50 on, especially if you had a Trey James, for sure it's going to happen because you're not going to not play Scotty after sitting. Cade would be – and even though we talk about Cade can be a four-man, it, it just would all depend. Uh, yeah, Trey – we would think he's better than Kyler, like all around game. He's, he can, you know, we know Kyler can't expand his game. We think Trey can. We watched highlight. I remember I watched a high school highlight. I mean, he's got a lot of eligibility left. Yeah. And the fact that he was that sought after after college or after high school. And when you go to Iona, I mean, that's Rick Patino. I mean, that's you got to cut it or not. Could, it could be a tough place to play. For a guy like that, I think he's good. He can come in and make a really good impact, I think, which obviously we would want to, someone to make an impact. But in terms of fit and who we know we can be fine with at big, we've talked about how we can be fine with those three bigs. That wouldn't be really worthy, but you're right. It's us or USI. If you want to go to USI, who's going to D1, yes, can't make it anywhere. But if he wants to go dominate, that's a great place to go. But if he wants to come win and be at a, you know, and uh, play and, you know, compete, you know, for postseason basketball, he he should come here. So, yeah, those are the top two, 100%. You mentioned some of the others that stick out here. Even though we feel like, obviously, yeah, we need to narrow our list to more of these 6'6 or higher guys, or I say 6'6, like 6'3, 6'4, 6'5, 6'6 and higher would be ideal. You mentioned some others. Yeah, Quincy Anderson is that one that sticks out in terms of, Neat, like scoring at that level. And it, no matter if you're coming from D2, we know so many players that do. If you can score around 20 points, you can score here in Division One, especially mid-major. Loyola Drake, just hope Drake doesn't land him. That would be ideal. He can go to Loyola all he wants, I suppose. So, uh, so yeah, if you want to write off some more others, and then we'll get to uh, some other things. Yeah, just uh, the wing, the narrow down the wing list, Um I'd say start with Quincy Anderson at 6'4", Taylor Cooper, Kurt Lewis, who will go uh, power five talent, Caleb Fuller, like I just mentioned, uh, Owen White, he's a very good scorer from a D2 school. Uh, Gus, like more guys that like what we're looking for uh, would be guys like Javon Hadley or Gus Okafor or Julian Lewis in that range. Um, but two big men we're in on. Like I said, Trey, Trey James is the one most likely to happen other than Chris Payton, I'd say. But Xavier Foster, a seven-footer, former four-star from Iowa State. I mean, yeah. if, he wanted, if he wanted to come, well, I'm not going to say no to that talent. That would be what it is. But, um, yeah, it's interesting to see what happens. Yeah, you're right. You know, Kurt Lewis and even Gus Okafor would be a home run as well, but we know he'd only be a one-year guy and he's getting bigger looks. He won't settle for an SIU. That would be great just because he followed him. I just remember seeing, yeah, Javon Hadley, you're right, all these guys. Anybody that's got that size, you know, we hone in on Chris, but yeah, any, I mean, yeah, Taylor Cooper, he's going to go somewhere. That Moorhead State team, Moorhead State, they had some players and they're going to go bigger too because we know Johnny Broom is – kind of go somewhere pretty huge so they were they were good but yeah it's narrowing our list and I think I mean obviously 
we know, and we talked about it, everyone else knows too. Brian likes to keep it close to the close to the vest, even though we landed a guy that we know they were. So I think, you know, everybody knew that could. And the off season is still young, but guys want to get to their places and get in the off season workouts and stuff. Uh, so we'll see dominoes fall. It's just like we're not going to see any more that's not posted by one of these insiders. So at this moment, we haven't really seen any transfer wise still so i think it'll narrow down to everyone that we know about it's just picking the right ones we're hoping chris payton is that one so so there's that noah from our perspective let's talk real fast about 2023 because uh not saying we're putting it off it's been on a script for a while just talking about it we know rj taylor we were in on pretty pretty good and then no we know he went to northern iowa of all places shocking uh let's talk about a well, we're talking about him and what you – because, uh, you know, obviously you saw that as well. Talk about him going there and then some other 2023 guys like a Dallas Roberts or something. Yeah, obviously RJ um, out of Michigan was coming to start to get – I know he took a visit to Michigan State. Almost, he didn't have an offer yet. Um, but some bigger schools were starting to look at him. He fits the mold of an A.J. Green or a Bowen Bourne. Um, but that's a big-time get. We're not surprised at all. Um, he fits the mold that you look for in that scoring guard. Um, but, uh, yeah, some other – well, obviously we know the Twins and the Rubens, uh, Wesley and Miles. Uh, I forget which one got offered by uh, Loyola the other day. I think it was Miles, which, uh, Drew, you messed up there. Um, if you look at any other school, um, they offer both of them. They're going to be a package deal most likely. So I uh, need to go ahead and – offer the other or don't so we can land them. Uh, but Dallas Roberts, yeah, he's starting, started late in the year out of Kentucky. Uh, we started getting onto him as, as uh, late in his junior season. Um, another guard, just like an RJ Taylor that could fit in that kind of mold. Um, we know Brock Harding just landed a slew offer yesterday. Um, that's another one to watch out for. Um, just fits the molds of the RJ Taylors, Dallas Roberts. Um, the big one to watch out for, we know he just we he's starting to take off as Desmond White, played the same school as Jamal Tatum. So that's one to watch out for. Yeah, and we know he he's heard from Mizzou before and the fact that Dennis Gates is doing wonders. And that's for the next year he could continue to do wonders. Dennis Gates uh, yeah, just truck again. He just got Noah Carter. Breaking oh. news. Just happened. Yeah, we we were going to get to know it yeah. around the other valley. We know he trimmed his list. We know Texas Tech, who's had a lot of success, could land him. And I mean, wow. I mean, Noah, I think on ESPN's top transfers was like top 20. Uh, so obviously, we know how good he is. Because I, I remember Dennis Gates actually posting a picture. He posts a picture of him like punching the air every time he would land somebody. I saw it earlier. But I think it was for someone else. That was like two hours ago. And he's probably just did it again, seeing Noah go there. That's insane. So he's added just – and we know he's in on Terry. We know he's in on uh, Sean East out of John A. If he can land one of those. But, I mean, he'll build a he'll build a lot more in this one season before it even starts. And the offseason just got started than what than what's-his-name did and since Michael Porter Jr. was there. So we'll dive into more Valley stuff here in a second or non-Valley in terms of where else they went, that's huge. Uh, so, yeah, we want to just dive on 2023 guys because we know those – RJ Taylor is a perfect example of guys that will commit even a year in advance. So we'll keep an eye out for those guys. Now, Noah, let's, let's stick to the Valley. We'll get to Noah Carter at the, you know, at the next one. But Valley in terms of who else has left and who else has landed uh, in the Valley and, uh, and Old Valley players also leaving. Yeah, we have uh, the Valley is uh, guys are starting to make decisions after they leave the Valley, uh, just starting there. Um, we do know Jamonte Black and Demarcus Sharp, uh, both transfer from Missouri State. Um, they're following their assistant coach who got the Northwestern State job. Um, they're following them down there. Um, that's kind of a lateral move um, for them, but they're I guess that's probably who was their lead recruiter. Um, we know Keaton Hervey is headed to Oakland. Um, he was a midseason transfer to them. Uh, we know DJ Burns has decided to – the glue guy down at Murray State has decided to stay. Um, that's big for uh, Steve Prom and his, and his staff. 
Uh, Daquan Smith is headed to Rad Radford from Murray. Obviously, we know Justice Hill and Trey Hannibal are also following McMahon to LSU. Um, just looking elsewhere, uh, that has moved on. We know uh, Will Richard from Belmont's headed to Florida. Um, he's moving up. Then we know that's Baker Todd Golden right there. Yeah. Then we know a Jacoby Wood is also he's he's got his list out there. Um, see what happens there. Um, I know Murray State is on his list, so he could stay. We could still see him next year. Um, some others, obviously, I just said Noah Carter to Mizzou. Um, others haven't landed anywhere else, but uh, some others that have entered the portal recently. Um, we know Howard Fleming just happened before we started the pod, seen it. He's entering the portal from Illinois State. Uh, Jaden Johnson, who we had a walk-on spot for, went to Illinois State, or we offered. Um, I think that was under Barry's last year, but he went to walk-on at Illinois State instead. He is entered the portal yesterday. Um, some others here that I'm looking at, if off the top of my head. Uh, Blake, yeah, Blake Sisley going to Wright State is yes, that is, is a kind of crazy. Yeah, that's oh, good crazy. For, that's right. good for him. Um, that's an upgrade for him because what Todd Licklider is letting the Evansville program become is just sad. I mean, they've I'd say fire him, but they've waited too long now, so they might as well let him ride out the rest of the year and just let that program even tarnish even more because they've waited too long. They're down to Bo Champ, Gage Bo, who's a walk-on, and Preston Phillips and Antoine Smith. I mean, it's sad to see. I mean, USI, like I said, USI is going to be a better program. They're just lucky that they can't make the – Evansville's lucky USI can't make the tournament before uh, the next five years for making the jump. Yeah, I just don't understand that. I remember someone saying at one point in the season that he was trying to turn in his resignation letter, and, and he didn't. Ended up the season, and yeah, whether they're just gonna whether that was true or not, because I almost want to say if he was doing it then in the middle of the season, why wouldn't he do it now? Uh, whether there's just because we know, I mean, they haven't even had it, hired an athletic director yet. Maybe they just haven't hired anybody to make the call. I mean, heck, the chancellor can make that call or something. So it's. Yeah, they, they should have done it by now because you want to get into the portal and get – I mean, hiring a coach – I mean, even, let's say they fired him today. If, you know, if they waited this long, maybe they have someone in mind they'll hire in a, the next day or two after the fact. But, yeah, waited way too long, and there was something, yeah, I saw tweeted around. His record with Brad Stevens on his staff, 131-61, and 61, and his record without him, 53-111. and 111. Uh, Just wow. funny, but – I mean, he just ran his course. We've talked about it multiple times. And, yeah, they waited too long to do it. They will not be good. I, I can't – because there's so many players in the portal. They're going to land some kids, but they're not going to be anything noteworthy, you know, to be an impactful. You know, those guys staying can be somewhat impactful. Bochamp, 100%. You mentioned Fleming in the portal. Yeah, you're right, 30 minutes ago. He's been practicing at their facility – Kind of like Saku with us, I suppose, even though it didn't really come out to the public till now with Howard. You keep working out. And he was posting Illinois State on the wall and stuff. Like he was bought in, ready to go. And then all of a sudden he's out. You know, all those changes of hearts can definitely um, happen. No, let's jump in. Let's keep it on Illinois State and someone that we're familiar with that they added. Yeah, they are. Uh, they are. Coach, Coach Padon is uh, doing a. Um, heck of a job. He's starting to fill out his staff. Uh, they added uh, a uh, assistant that was a veteran assistant to DePaul um, a couple of days ago. Um, coach, uh, I forgot his name, uh, Rob Judson. Uh, but yeah, they added uh, hometown kid Colton Sandage, who we mentioned we thought could have some interest at uh, SIU. Um, Western Illinois transfer. Very, uh, we saw him play against John A. at Vincennes. Um, he can score the ball a little bit. I know he played in the Summit League, but he averages, I think, around 13 points a game. So, uh, entering Aston Ad, he's going to finish his career at home. Um, that's, an, that's interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, we remember seeing him at JUCO, that he was he was quality on whenever Vincennes was good. 
uh, and then he goes to Western. He put up really good numbers, and he's quoted. We would have accepted him, honestly. Like, if he was a third fiddle or something, we've talked about players that fall into that category. But he's quality, and he'll – you're right. He wanted to spend his last year at home and in a, in a new era of, with that. I mean, he'll play, and he'll be decent. We'll have to, we'll have to watch him. Jaden Johnson, yeah, entered the portal. We knew we were in on him years ago. He's been fuddling around there. Uh, we'll get to the big one, Missouri State, Landon Noah. Let's talk about uh, – I mean, Valpo added a guard, right, recently? Yeah, Valpo is quietly adding some guys. I mean, this is what happens every year with uh, Lodich up there. Um, we, we know we talked about earlier they added uh, from the same school as uh, Stephen, uh, Nick Edwards, a little point guard. But uh, I believe it was yesterday they added point guard Quentin Green. Um, it's a, another little guard, so – uh, don't know much about him, um, but they're, I mean, they have spots to fill up there. Uh, he's six seven. He's from Columbus, Ohio. Um, he's joining from D2 Cedarville University, so he averaged 13 points and four rebounds last year. Um, so it's another, it's another one of those guys that we're starting to see, uh, well, obviously at Indiana State with Josh Schertz, Coming a D2 pipeline for some of these teams that there's a lot of D2 talent that's entering the portal. Um, we know Kiwion Taylor for Valpo last year. Uh, Quincy Anderson, who we've showed some interest in, have already visited Valpo, so um, they could land another one. Yeah, they do always find a way. A lot, of, a lot of can land guys. It's just, you know, we talk about Sheldon Everett, who, yeah, trimmed his list to Santa Clara, uh, Grand Canyon, and Loyola, of all people. He's going to go to Loyola, we would like to think ironic that he would have west coast teams but just a guy like him that you can't you know keep a guy like that to stay and it's tough for him to stay at a place that he's not going to win at you know uh, whatever would lure him to go there in the first place and he's been quality but you know with how the portal is you and you're that good you really cannot you know enter the portal and leave and he will land a loyal we talked about what they could be with slew adding javon pickett you know, and losing uh, Jordan Esbitt, we saw that just in terms of slew will be really good. Loyola joining, if they if they add Sheldon Edwards with whoever the heck else they would add with who they bring back, it'll be fun. But any others, you know, before we get to the big one with them, any other Valley teams add anybody recently or lost anybody? Yeah, uh, I think last time, since last time we talked, um, Indiana State, Josh Schertz is quietly adding some guys. Uh, just go over them real quick. Uh, they added Trent Gibson, a 6'4 point guard uh, from another D2 school. I may have mentioned him last time. Um, but he's quietly got a solid – getting a solid team building together, using that D2 as a pipeline. They got that big man who was, uh, I think, an All-American from Truman State. Uh, they got that guy that went to DePaul that played for him, um, McCauley. Played for him at Lincoln Memorial. That went to DePaul. Now he's back. I'm going to finish his his career with Josh Hurts again. So um, Josh Hurts is quietly building a pretty solid ball club over there in Terre Haute. Like we've said, they've added guys that they're going to be really versatile. Like they have guys all the same size. They're either six four to six seven on that team, and they will. And we talked about though they should be picked, and the heck they could add whoever else before the season would start that they'll be, they'll be finishing around or picked around the middle of the pack. I'm thinking that's where they'll finish as well. Uh, yeah. You mentioned when we talk about Murray, I mean, yeah, they, the fact that they land or they convince what's his name to stay. Right. Which is strange. Cause he's a good talent. Yeah. Um, like uh, DJ Burns, I believe uh, he's a good talent. Um, glue guy for them. High energy guys, solid, solid, for prom, um, trying to rebuild that team really quickly. Yeah, well, good luck to him. It's going to be tough. But like I said, Murray just got on the national stage, and he's a quality coach. You coach in the Big 12. I would think that he'll be able to land some transfers uh, as time goes on. So um, there was that. And then, Noah, let's jump in now to uh, Missouri State doesn't miss a beat, obviously. Uh, seems like with Dana Ford every single year. Uh, last year it was Landon, obviously Donovan Clay with the team they had. But Noah, he struck again, and he's taking advantage of the portal. Added a couple SEC guys. Yeah, they are uh, 
starting to load up. Obviously, we talked last time they landed a former three-star and uh, started his career at St. John's and went to Akron and Brian Trimble. Um, but this time they added a 6'6 uh, forward from Georgia, Dalen Ridnall. Um, he's a, he's an athletic freak at that position at, at the forward position. And the big one was uh four, former four star and top 100 recruit chance Moore, a six, five wing um, with Arkansas with loaded talent. And they have three, five stars coming in. Um, he decided to leave and uh, of course uh, Dana Ford continues to get it done. So they have those three transfers uh, to go along with their loaded recruiting class with NJ Benson, Jalen Hampton, and Jonathan Dunn. Then, as we've seen today, uh, Wyatt, or as we've seen yesterday, Wyatt Wheeler said um, there's growing confidence that Missouri State will be able to retain Isaiah Mosley uh, if he withdraws his name from the draft with some big time NIL money playing a part. Yeah, and it's honestly not fair. I mean, that that seems like the dream, especially at this level, is to go add players that end up at an Arkansas. We, we've seen it happen. I mean, <clears throat> even us, <clears throat> we've landed. I mean, Carrington Davis at the time just thinking, oh, he came from Nebraska. It's like, oh, man. And then that was us. And there's many other examples that in regards to us. But seeing a guy from Arkansas, yeah, he's, you're right. He's leaving because they're getting – they're loading up. And the fact that Dana Ford comes knocking, and you mentioned Isaiah there, yes, that would be a nightmare if he returns – which I remember saying, don't make a post about you going to the draft and anything else if you knew really. I mean, whenever we saw that, we're like, well, we hope he stays there. We don't know what kind of word he could be getting from the NBA. He's going to leave the door open. But that's why we said, well, why did Sharp and whoever else leave? What You know, if Isaiah wasn't returning, that's why we've seen why would Noah Carter leave if he knew A.J. Green was going to stay? It's like you got to take advantage of the portal even though those guys go to Northwestern State because of former staff member going there. But uh, it is unfair. I mean, that and that's the thing that Dana, we talked about either yesterday or today, that he's got to get over the hump. And he's different than like us or anybody else because he can add four-star talent, top-notch talent. Like if you don't win with that, when there's expectations of certain schools landing five stars, if they can't get it done, there's, you know, then it gets on their shoulders. But him at this level, landing this kind of talent, he's got to get it done. If, I, if Isaiah comes back because of the NIL, which he could go power five easily if he wanted to, it would be NIL, the reason why he'd come back to Missouri State, and because he's familiar with it, clearly he's leaving a legacy there. If you had him back, he's him and a, if AJ returns as well, those are the two top favorites of player of the year again. You had these guys next to him, athletic freaks, and the guys we know going back there and some more they will probably add. Yeah, they will know they will finish or they will be picked top three 100 percent. It just like I said, it seems unfair. And and these guys, and even I if Isaiah comes back, is exactly why we need to add Chris Payton. Somebody, whether he can guard them or just have our own, you know, nightmare for them to worry about too. You got to add wings to be able to guard or just match them in that in that sense. So like I said, it's kind of unfair. Dana Ford needs to get the job done if he's adding these guys and brings Isaiah back. And honestly, no, I think if they land guys in Missouri State, of all places, Springfield, Missouri, I think they got a lot more NIL options, whether it's Isaiah getting all of it or even a guy like this convincing for something maybe like that. There's maybe a lot more options over there than, say, here, for example. So uh, it, it's it stinks because these guys are going to come and tear up the valley, unfortunately. So uh see if Dana can get it done so any anything else from around the valley I wanted to add a couple more things actually or just stuff that's on my script Tevin Brown hired an agency so he's definitely long gone to the NBA um anything else before we wrap it up uh no there's there's a lot going on there's a lot of interest elsewhere um a scary scary situation I watched this tape today Bradley's on a former West Virginia commit another Booyah or Elijah Child type athlete. Um, um, he's from, uh, I think, fin Finland or something. The connection they have for international players is unreal. Um, if he reels him in, um, Bradley could be at top, top of the list. But, yeah, a lot of teams are in the portal. I know, obviously, haven't seen their name a lot, but they don't even have it. They're doing it quietly probably, but 
Evansville doesn't even have a team yet. We know Murray State's doing the best they can. Steve Prom, uh, which we can discuss this if you want for a second. Uh, Steve Prom's contract details are out. And he's going to make only like three hundred eighty thousand a year, which that's almost a hundred thousand less uh, than Brian, which I thought was pretty interesting. Which when when Brian got that offer, I thought it was ridiculous for a guy that has no experience. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it. I mean, it's it it does seem like a lot, and at the time, it seemed like a lot because we didn't know the status of money for our program, let alone our whole school. So that's where it, it was kind of odd. Yeah, and, and just because he's an all-time player, I mean, and I think we talked about Jerry Kill one to obviously pull something off like this and give him maybe more money than he deserved right away. Uh, that maybe he was out. And I think Brian would, you know, as soon as the option was there, he was willing to come. I wonder if there was like another bidder from another school, potentially, who knows, that maybe it drove up the price and he had some leverage. I'm not sure. It, it is a lot. And we need to, you know, seeing results for sure. And even from Steve Prom's perspective, like he comes to a familiar place, no matter what the money is, he made good money in the Big 12. And, and it's weird because you seem like Murray being in Kentucky that they would have more, way more money than we would. So that's where it does fall a little, a little strange for sure. But um, hopefully, you know, moving forward now that you could say, oh, well, that's no money at all. I mean, it is, like we said, it is half a million dollars. It's a lot for this level in general. And you compare it to football and they kill makes a hundred thousand. So uh, it's crazy, but um like we said, if if, he, if we can start winning now to this point with a good roster and stay healthy, like we know we can't pick where you said Bradley in on those guys, we're thinking the top four is who it is with us, Drake, Bradley, and Missouri State, hopefully, uh, if it could stay around that. Um, they can pay dividends with that price and it won't, maybe won't look as dumb. But, uh, but yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah, every other – every team in the Valley is in on the same players. I mean, seems like – Literally, like all those teams inside Evansville, Murray's in on tons of guys, UIC, everyone's in on the same pe people as usual. So uh, and there'll be more dominoes to fall around the valley as time goes on in the offseason. So, no, let's end here with let's another real quick, else on real quick thing. No, just a real quick uh, transfer pipe dream here. It's been thrown around uh, my Twitter group chat and I've seen it earlier. This will be breaking for you. But a pipe dream that would fit Brian's uh, type of player is Illinois guard Brandon Podzinski is in the portal. That'd be a pipe dream. He's a former top 100 guard. Um, I'd like for us to reach out at least, but uh, I'd say go back. Uh, I think there's some bad blood with Wisconsin. They didn't even offer him at high school, but like a Marquette or something back towards home or something. Yeah, we kind of had a feeling that was going to happen with Brandon. He, he was the fresh, the odd freshman out this year. And moving forward, because Illinois is in their own different kind of era of adding uh, new players that he, he he's phased out. And that was only a matter of time. He'll go somewhere really good, and he'll be a good player. I don't want to miss out on him. Yeah, pipe dream for us, 100%. Uh, to Nola here, let's and, – and Noah Carter thing is huge as well. As time goes on, we'll definitely uh, – every other – all Valley teams will end up making moves as we go on. So, no, let's end here with talk we had earlier – that it seems like it's always around this time of year, even a little bit before that MTE start to get in line. And we recalled this past year, uh, it was around this time, or we mentioned May, that we saw a bracket for the Paradise Jam. But we remember going back as we look back that it was February that we it was announced that we were in this. And we see all these other teams joining these. And you went through and went through all the ones that people are in for next year. We're starting to think, you know, when we could be announced for one, because some spots are getting filled and some are getting full at this point. And there's a lot of good options left. We know we'll be in one because we've been in one every year that we've outside of the COVID year two years ago, that it seems like we would be in one. It's just like what's taking so long kind of deal. Maybe I think it'll happen at some point here in the spring and into the summer. But no, a lot of spots are running out. Yeah, spots are filling up. I'll just run through some valley schools that are already – uh, slotted in um, the Paris Paradise Jam, who what we played in this year, um, that had two Valley schools. Us and Bradley will have two more Valley schools this year. Uh, Belmont and Drake will uh, join uh, Boston College, Buffalo, George Mason, George Mason, Howard, 
Weber State and Wyoming. That's a that's a solid field. That's winnable for either um, of those guys. Yes, uh, especially Drake, um, but some others. Uh, Cayman Islands Classic. Um, Illinois State's headed down there. Uh, teams like Rhode Island, Tulane, Western Kentucky, Nevada, Kansas State, and Akron. So that'll be a good test for um, them right out of the gates. Um, some other schools that uh, are in some. Northern Iowa's in the Hall of Fame Classic. That's just a two-game thing in Kansas City, Missouri. Um, there's an open spot. I doubt we would get in, in it since Northern Iowa's already there. Uh, San Francisco and Wichita, so they will take on those teams plus another one. Uh, Bradley is in the uh, Cancun Challenge um, down in Mexico. Uh, they have teams. Um, they're scheduled. They're scheduled right now to kick that tournament off against Auburn. So good luck there, Brian Wardle. Uh, but teams like Liberty, Northwestern, Southern Miss, Winthrop, Purdue, Fort Wayne, Eastern Michigan, also in that. Um, so a uh, big test for them, getting them right out of the gates. Uh, other Valley schools that I'm trying to remember where they are at. Go through uh, Loyola's. That would be interesting to get into. Yeah, that's their spot uh, open for theirs. Yes, that's the one I was about to jump to. Uh, that would get us into talking where we might end up. But uh, it is the Myrtle Beach Invitational. I believe Indiana State played in that last year. Um, solid field. There's one spot open. Uh, Myrtle Beach would be a great uh, vacation. It's only a Thursday, Friday, Sunday tournament uh, for Saluki fans. That'd be a great uh, four or five day trip for Saluki fans. Uh, we know we talked to Brian at the open house last year. Uh, he would like uh, to get back in the States. Uh, so Saluki fans like down in Florida, I remember going to Sunshine Slam, Saluki fans outnumbered all the other teams fans by a lot, a lot of retired folks down there, but that'd be a nice trip. Teams like Boise State, Charlotte, Colorado, Loyola, UMass, Tulsa, and Texas A&M. If we were that other team in there, um, depending the draw, I'd like, I'd like this to make a run in that tournament. Yeah, for sure. And we see all these other tournaments with big names that there's always that other mid-major that's like, do they even have a chance? And whether that would be, viewed at for us but we know I mean our one this past year was great and we know the one from two years ago was okay you know that was but it was in Florida yeah and we had a great following of fans and that is that is ideal and I, I was at Myrtle Beach last summer and it's a great place and obviously it's overwhelming everybody knows about it and it's a weekend it, it would be perfect those were good schools yeah the one two years ago what was it? Uh, UTSA uh, o- Oakland Delaware Oakland yeah yeah so like you know, okay, mid-major schools. We want to be in ones with big schools that we can knock off like we did Colorado and almost did Creighton. So we want to fall through with those as time goes on. It's hard to believe that we would because, like I said, every year outside of COVID we have. So I'm liking our chances. It's just a matter of, yeah, the Myrtle Beach one would be absolutely perfect. Isn't there one in Brooklyn that's got, like, Notre Dame and St. Bonaventure, and those are the only two? Like, even don't want one like that wouldn't be also bad. Yeah, there is one in Brooklyn here. Um other than that, that most of these are already fold up. We know Drake competed in the ESPN one this year down there at the ESPN Disney uh, campus down As there. As Disney but, fans, we would love. Oh, we would love that. Just to be a, Absolutely, whatever. but uh, the one in Brooklyn, there's a there's it says other teams TBA, so it sounds like there's open spots. But right now, it's owner Notre Dame and St. Bonaventure. I'm not sure how how many schools that would enlist it says it's only friday november 25th so it sounds like one of those just a one game thing to open up the year but uh to open up against a a solid program like saint bonaventure would be nice even notre dame i'd I'd take on oh be i mean that'd be those are two really good teams both notre dame made the tournament saint bonaventure i think had a little bit of a down year they made the nit but oh i mean those are quite anywhere honestly especially teams places that just have quality programs is where we want to go so we'll keep an eye out for that along with everything else around the valley like we said hopefully an mte for us sparks here soon with hopefully another ad that we're hoping for at some point this month so a lot of dominoes still to fall noah any final thoughts on all this yeah it's uh welcome xavier johnson to carbondale um i know i said that on the suite he said thank you he's 
thanking all Saluki fans. He's been active. Um, solid addition. Um, point guard, uh, the mold, like I said. Um, we'll say DMs are still open. We have not received a mailbag yet. Um, obviously, we can – we can do more pods if you guys want to send us questions. Obviously, we can make up questions, but we'd like to interact with some Saluki fans if you guys, um, to the ones that follow us and listen to all our podcasts. So feel free to do that. Um, we, 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 like, we don't care to do breaking news like this. Like we had a commit last night to do pods. But if you guys, if we had a whole mailbag pod, we had three or four questions, we wouldn't mind spending 30, 45 minutes to do a good pod. Yeah, exactly. And we know Suki fans love to chat about whether it's amongst each other or about anything, past, present, future. And we're always down to discuss all. We were just talking about, literally talking about uh, in some of the Barry era in terms of, <clears throat> we were comparing a lot. We were comparing Carlton Faye, Mark. Like we were, we were going wide, but we went back to like the true down years of this program was late 2000s after our NIT run in 08. Then after that, slowly but surely and into the earliest, because remember the Marcus Filio, Murray State stuff, that we were just talking about the dark times. So we talk about all this stuff a lot. So, yeah, anybody that wants to discuss anything, you know, whether it's already a current, what could the team look like now, or like a starting line, anything, always willing to discuss that stuff for sure. So, yeah, because outside of hopefully by the next time we talk, it'll be with another commitment to discuss, uh, which that would, would be the only other time we'd come out and for breaking news and stuff so yeah uh anything to get conversation going and different topics to make this offseason go by quicker because we want basketball to get here asap so yes exactly welcome xavier johnson going to be a pivotal piece this year veteran piece a nice point guard add to go with this team with one more guy we're honing in on but who the heck knows what it could be hopefully it's a wink so that's where we'll leave it uh so for nick malone no alerts until next time as always go dogs